Hey Frank, I'm about halfway through your latest podcast and I just wanted to kind of commend you on the latest style that you've been doing for your uh, maps. They're really cool looking. They look so good, dude. Um, I actually, I think uh, I actually used one of yours, yeah, the other day in one of my adventures and it was just kind of fun to fun to use and, and um, I, I tend to do that. I always tend to use other folks' maps and stuff so but i wanted to give you a shout out and anybody who's listening to frank likes frank patreon's excellent you can't go wrong go join it thanks frank keep up the great work thank you so much for those kind words tim you know i think you and ivy and really for the most part the entire osr anchorite community always have encouraging things to say to each other and I really appreciate that. It's it's not something you see in everyday community. Uh, in fact, I don't see it anywhere else in podcasting or really in blogging or social media in general. So thank you. Also, I really hope that everybody, especially my supporters, enjoy the new style of maps because I am having a blast with it. You're listening to Frank T's Liner Notes, an informal, irregular podcast where I will think out loud about map design, papercraft terrain, game theories, projects I'm working on, and in general, letting loose the voices inside my head. doing their top three lists for everything i wanted to do a quick top three list of the best top three and while i probably have more than just those three here it is my top three coming in at number three two two is really my number three. Now, let me back up. I'm going to switch that around. You know, I think coming in at number three is one because one is the loneliest number. Coming in at number two, which as everybody knows, number two is the first place loser. Coming in at number two is number two. And coming in at number one, my number one top three is three. I love three. I was born on the third. It's a prime number. It's a great thing. When you create, you create in threes. Three is my number one of the top three. The carrot and the stick. thinking a little bit about the GM and the role of the GM, especially 
in light of having to train my daughter to be a GM as well as taking part in a local GM 101 seminar at my local library. And one of the things that I think in being a GM is playing with people who understand your level of experience. It's important that the table be willing to help the GM. And this goes along with, I think, every game, not just beginner GMs. I think everybody at the table is responsible for telling the story. Everybody at the table is not responsible for telling the whole story. The story needs to be told from the point of view of each player. As a GM, I think we tend to take on more responsibilities. Players have the luxury of being a little bit more beer and pretzels. They can just kind of show up, whereas GMs generally have a little bit more prep. And I think that's part of being a GM. It's one of the things that makes us want to be the GM is to have the ability to direct the story or at least present the bones of the story. But I think you're presenting the world. I think in terms of being the GM who is also prepping or writing, you need to present your world in such a way that it one gives the characters choice and i'm going to call this the carrot and the stick i think that within every situation that you present the characters with the players every situation every encounter you present to the players you need a carrot you need a stick what i mean by that is you need a carrot you need to dangle something in front of the players to make them want to engage with the environment. There needs to be choice. And I think that you need to make this a very enticing carrot, but that engagement is not without risk. Therefore, you need to make this very attractive, but also the more attractive the carrot, the bigger the stick. In other words, more risk, more consequence. But you give the characters the choice. Do they want to take the risk in light of the impending consequence? You don't, you're not taking away player agency. You're giving them a choice. You're giving them the opportunity and there are opportunity costs. Does that mean that you are railroading them? No, because they made a choice. They are making the choice to enter the dungeon. They are making the choice to leap across the chasm. They're making a choice to open the door. I think it's also important that the game master present as much information about the environment, the choices, 
and the consequences as necessary. I think you need to be fair and impartial in that. And I think you don't blindside and sideswipe your players. Players are not characters. And I think that's something we need to think about. Do you make it challenging? You do make it challenging. You pick the challenging things. Do you leave things out? You leave the non-obvious answers out. That's part of the discovery. Players also need to understand the type of game that they're playing and agree to it. I think most of the disgruntled players are that way because they were not expecting a certain style of play. So you need to present that to the players. You need to gain players' trust. As well, players have a similar responsibility. If we are all telling a story together, then all the cards need to be out on the table. If you're going to expect the game master to be fair, impartial, and forthcoming with the details of the adventure, then players need to also have that same level of transparency. listening to today's microburst frank t's liner notes is an audio notebook of my personal ideas and thoughts as an independent game designer artist and father who games with his family if you have any thoughts of your own on anything that i talked about today please message me i will have all of the important contact information in the show notes remember Your ideas make my ideas better.